Welcome to the build-up on Balls.ie in association with Labrooks. Please bet responsibly. Visit dunlui.net for further information. Hello and welcome to the build-up here on Balls.ie, your weekly look ahead to the biggest events of the Sporting Week in association with Ladbrokes. Now we're going to talk about football today. We've got Kevin Toyla on the line as usual. Now we will, there is actual football on, believe it or not, this week, Kevin, and we'll talk about some of it, including the Carabao Cup final, but it all just pales in comparison really to uh to what's been happening over the last three and a half days or so at this stage and um you know if we were talking this time yesterday we would have been talking about what's going to happen to football and how is this going to be stopped and then last night it all ends and the super league is at least for now no more and certainly not with the english clubs the six english clubs involved what are you made of the whole thing it's just been absolutely bonkers yeah uh bonkers i was amazed i'm amazed still am amazed by their lack of PR savviness. I don't know what, what the word I want to use for it is. Um, they obviously had all the facts and figures, that side of it, and the, the money side of it, and all that was brilliant for them. But they never, you know, the basics, get your fans on side, get, you know, they could have played it so differently and, and been leaking stories for months and months about their negotiations with UEFA and saying they're getting nowhere and talk about maybe the the shenanigans that UEFA over last years and how they don't want to deal with, you know, have it all built up and then come out with this and then we can't deal with UEFA anymore, we have to go our own way and have the fans on side, have everyone else understanding their situation a bit and going, yeah, I can see why maybe, you know, um, why they might not want to break away, but just to throw it in like that and, and have no backstory, no, you know, in a time when football is struggling, everyone is struggling, fans can't go to games and then they just throw this in and it just all about money and all about us and we're founding clubs and, you know, just so, so amateurish from that side of the view. You know, football clubs have so many media and PR people working for them. For, obviously, mm-hmm. they're trying to keep it so secret, didn't want to get out, but they obviously didn't take the advice then of some of these people who are very clever and know how how to build a thing and get people on side and drip, drip feed it over a number of months that they then can come out and launch it and people are more like, okay, I can see the point of view. It was just everyone straight away is like, this is a, this is a joke, you can't do this. You know, the... And in the minute, governments get involved and prime ministers and T-shocks and everyone, <laughs> you know, it's the end because they can, you know, it might be the law now that they can go ahead with it, but you know when, when the likes of Boris Johnson comes out and says we're going to ban this, that, that the law will be against them in the months ahead. So, um, you know, it's going to end and it ended probably quicker than we expected, but uh, they had to, didn't they? They had to try just get over it and hide their embarrassment as quick as possible and move on and realise they made a massive cock-up. Um, yeah, so that is... You know, yeah, where it is, isn't it? When you focus on the the, the amateurish of the whole thing and how bad the PR has been, I remember, like, even on Sunday night, thinking to myself, "Was like, why have they gone with this now?" Because I know there's the Champions League thing tomorrow, but they're clearly not ready. They didn't have PSG and and, and Bayern not on board. Twelve is too small. Three countries is too small. And it was, I suppose, the six Premier League teams that made everybody kind of sit up and notice because that's such a huge. Yeah. That would make such a huge fundamental difference to. English football especially, you know, but it did just seem like they didn't have their ducks in a row. We knew for months going back to Chelsea and Man City especially were reluctant. So it's like, how could you go ahead with this so quickly when it wasn't ready? It seemed like they were so excited that they got the deals financially in place and the contracts that way. that right now let's launch it instead of, you know, as I said, like instantly it's coming out. It's in the middle of a live match with Brian in the Sky match on Sunday and you hear it like the likes of Gary Neville straight away coming out against it. And just their PR, you know, UEFA isn't perfect. You know, there's plenty of bad stories about UEFA and 
underhand things going on over the years. So listen, they could have built a story around that, and this is it's not about money. It's more about the the game and, and how they want it and how it should be run. They could have built the whole thing like that and get the fans on side and get people on side and governments on side and then say we're we're forming our own breakaway UEFA and creating our own, you know, thing and we're going to form our own tournament and 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 then you get people coming with you and you get people understanding the situation. It becomes a lot more plausible. Um but their whole thing just instantly came out. It just instantly stinked of this is we we want more money simply and yeah. um, we don't want to divide up the money we want it all ourselves and we don't want to be relegated ever ever good which is the biggest thing for me um that you know you're in it and you're in it forever and that's like well that's not that's not how football has ever been listen football is very one-sided and biased and the most money usually wins but you still have a dream and you still have a chance and your local club can get bought by a billionaire and be brought to the top well, that can't happen. It couldn't happen in this system. Um, and that was, you know, put everything else aside about, about the whole thing. That was the thing for me. That it was like, well, we're the members and we have a divine right to be at the top table forevermore. And we let a few people join every year. We'll have five teams that can come in. But, you know, no matter how much a mess we make of our season, we're going to be in it next year. And that's, that was the biggest, the biggest I think, uh, turnoff for me. Um, that's not sport, really. Is it? It's not football, anyway. Um, no. But we know. So... Um, it's worked so well it's become the biggest game in the world for a reason the pyramid system the dream every year you go in the start of the season you dream yeah, this could be our season and you know and, and that system made it like well, what if we have a bad season doesn't matter we're next year um, can't get relegated and we'll still get our big wad of cash and everything will be okay yeah it's funny you said like if they had got their ducks in a row and had done the PR and had actually got people on side I do feel like it would have been a lot less cut and dry in terms of the yeah. reaction to it but I wonder would we ever been able to get past that I, I think there's a there's almost a, 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 a you know it goes against all natural justice yeah. that Spurs the Tottenham yeah. are going to be in it and I don't mean it's, it's everyone's always picking on them but because it's the best example you can throw AC Milan into that the way they've been for the last 10 years or any yeah. Arsenal of course yeah and it's just a I don't know if people would have ever been able to get past the fact that Spurs have just announced themselves, Arsenal have announced themselves as one of these top 12 clubs, and therefore now they are one of the top 12 clubs for the rest of the time. I don't know if we ever would have got past that. No, but that's their fault as well. You know, it could have been, uh, I don't know how they thought that was going to be seen as okay. You know, again, like you see pictures of maybe this being decided in a New York restaurant by American owners and all, and you think, okay, well, they don't it's different in America the NFL is different and they have their way and they probably look at the Premier League and go why can't we do that and that's fair enough you get the American side of it not understanding that Spurs aren't a big club side of it or, or don't deserve to be in the top 12 anyway and you get them to understand that and you get the Arsenal owners they're American they own my club actually Colorado Rapids when I play in America um, you know you understand why they want this system but you don't understand Man United you know Ed Woodward or whatever and, and he knows football he's in England he knows how it always works how how he was caught so, you know, and Daniel Levy, how, how you know, they obviously, it's great for Spurs, they were at the top table, we'll take that opportunity, you understand why they'd accept that, I suppose, but how they didn't see the whole PR disaster, you'd understand the American lads, you see the facts and the figures and the money and it's how it's done in America and, and you know, if it's perfect in America, it'll work here, but not the, not the English guys running the, the club who've been brought up in it and know the system, knew how everyone would react, you know, they're bigger, that's the bigger sort of, when you more you think about it, you don't understand the Americans. That's just the American system, and they 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 have their sports like that. But the, like you know, it's harder to forgive it. Daniel Levy, Ed Woodward. I know he's gone, or he's announced he's resigning now, I suppose. But you know, it's so embarrassing that they didn't even try hang on for a few weeks at least as well. It just <laughs> was like a sham it was that 
four rooms later or whatever it is that it's gone you know it's just um <laughs> it, it won't be under it won't be great under cv forevermore will it we were part of this um this is it yeah like i mean there's there's going to be repercussions you would imagine the 14 premier league clubs who were left behind are fairly angry there was fire and brimstone at their meeting yesterday by all accounts and the owners aren't going to suffer and apparently they say that they don't want the players and managers whose fault it wasn't to suffer so it's going to be the likes of uh of, of um yeah. administrators and chief executives that are going to fall like i i was on tv last year and we was around the man city financial fair play thing and um we we're having an argument it was on rte and it was like how how good liverpool are and how honest they are and how man city are doing it the wrong way and liverpool are doing it the right way and i, I made the point like listen just because Man City have been caught doesn't mean they're not all up to no good in somewhere or another. You know, Man City are getting punished for something that, listen, if you delve deep enough into any club, you know, this has come out, like Liverpool look terrible out of this, but, you know, it's it, Man City actually look half all right. They were the first ones out to pull over. And it makes PSG look great. You know, PSG gets so much stick. Um, you know, they're a club, you know, purely based and bought by a country, just throw money at everything. And, and all of a sudden they look half decent for, for not not signing up to it and um you know just clubs have ruined their their sort of hard fought reputation over years um henry the liverpool owner came across you know i always thought yeah he's got the best interests at heart and you know in fairness he's done a great job at liverpool you think that and now he's just ruined his legs he'd probably have to sell it now he won't be he won't be able to show his face there for a long time anyway so um yeah, it's amazing how the goody two-shoe clubs and, you know, <laughs> I know we're so great and Man City are the big baddies have all of a sudden just turned into the same as everyone else, haven't they? Yeah, absolutely. And look, I think it still works both ways, though, because I don't know if PSG would have been quite so principled if the World <laughs> Cup wasn't going to their country in, <laughs> in a year's time and FIFA were against this. Um, were you surprised? I was surprised by the unity and ferociousness of the reaction. So, like, natural enemies like, you know, football fans and fanzines and, and fan clubs and everything like that, as well as, like, Sky Sports and governments and yeah. uh, UEFA and FIFA. Everybody kind of came together. This was an assault on our game and so on and so forth. But it was needed. I don't think if, I don't think if everybody was on the same side and if everybody wasn't so passionate about it, people, I think that there would have been just windows for them to keep this going a little bit longer and longer and do all the work that you talked about, which they didn't do in advance in a PR way. Yeah, um, yeah. in fairness, it was a, a good example of Twitter and everything else doing some good, um, in fairness to it. Um, you know, everyone was on the same page once. I didn't see one person arguing for it. Maybe there was. I'm sure a radio station or someone pulled someone out of the woodwork arguing for it, apart from the owners of those clubs mm. uh, but you know 99.9 percent of people united for once and were against it and it just shows the amateurism again of that they didn't have you know anyone on site that they didn't have um like I, I don't know if it's true or not i read that ed woodward had, had spoken to the uefa chief only a few days before and agreed yeah, to the league system and everything and and all that that, that they had no clue uefa at least UEFA, like in fairness to him, come out and totally shocked. At least if UEFA had been bargaining with them for a while and listen, we're not happy and all that, and it had been made more public and you sort of understand this and maybe these big clubs do deserve a bigger cut or whatever they are, powering ahead with, you know, they make the Champions League. Um, maybe we need to look after them a bit better, I don't know. But just the whole thing was just so, um, back to amateurish, or I don't know. Yeah. Maybe that was their PR thing. Listen, we had to spring it on them. We can't. We can't have any sniff of this getting out. We need to spring it on them, and that's how we'll get this through because it'll be such a shock. People won't have time to unite. You know, they'll be so surprised and shocked that it'll just happen 
we get it on we get it underway really quickly and don't want time to react to it but um in fairness uh, you know as i said governments everyone there was nobody not on the same page um mm. which is nice for once isn't it um Everyone, even you know, Man United fans, Liverpool fans, Arsenal fans, Tottenham fans, everyone on the same side. Um, Chelsea fans, brilliant last night. Um, some funny things, funny signs up, and everything. But it, you know, a people power, or fan power, one press power, fan power, everyone on the one page. Um, yeah, worked. Where do you think the English clubs go from here? Like, what in terms of repercussions? I don't think there's going to be any docked points or anything like that. So. I wonder will it be just back to normal pretty quickly? So people will money will talk and they won't be really able to do anything to them. No, yeah, it's probably maybe a fine or whatever. I can't see points. So maybe for next season, three points deducted to start the season, which won't hurt to the big clubs. Um, something like that. You have to keep them on site too, you know. And and like the people who were deeply involved, like the Ed Woodwards have resigned, and so I suppose Man United can make a point. Well, listen. Um, We've a new CEO in charge now, whatever, and he's totally on board and with the, you know, everything and blah de blah. I don't know. They'll try. You know, people are going to get lose their jobs over it. He's the first one. Sure, there'll be more. Um, but then, you know, it's the owners, I suppose, and it's up to them. It'll probably end up being a change of ownership for Liverpool, just because they've soured their reputation so much now. They'll probably see no choice but sell it. Um, Man United, yeah, probably something similar. Want it? Um, you know, that's what I can see. I suppose down the road is is. You know, they've, they've, like I had never had a problem with the. I'm a Man United fan. I didn't really have a problem with the Glaciers. The clubs seemed to be going along. Obviously, on the pitch wasn't great, but they were still trying to spend money and sign players and improve things. It wasn't like they were penny pinching. Um, were, it was a business to them, and they were taking money out of the club. Whatever, that's that's business. But as long as they were putting money back in and signing players, and as a fan, you're fairly happy. But this this sort of you know this would just for me you know. Finish you with them to be honest with you, but don't read yeah. games anyway. I suppose that you know, if they put someone in charge now, like the whole I'm a man, sorry, Ed Woodward is living in moved. I just read he moved to London, it's working out of the office in London. Like, you're the, you're the boss of Manchester United, you know, the, the CEO, and you're you're doing it from an office in London. That sort of you know, sort of tells you what sort of way they're looking at Manchester United as purely mm. how can we meet more financial targets, how can we get more sponsorship, and London's the place for that, and not up there at Old Trafford at. Carrington, where the CEO should be, in my opinion, you know, in mm. the fans living in the area. Um, you make the argument all the time, I do anyway, for managers and players should live in the area of playing. Like a CEO based himself in London um, sort of tells you where they're at at the moment. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. And it actually, it's funny, I was going to, Gary Neville, obviously, on Monday night, was very, very strong on the Glazers and, and on the fact that he was somewhat like complicit over the years in, in not going into it. And later on, he kind of came back to it. And I remember laughing at it at the time, Jesus, Gary, we've enough things to be worrying about, but giving out about them not painting Old Trafford and it, it rusting outside. But it's it's even when you're talking there and thinking, do you know what, that actually is a serious enough point. If, you, if you're not involved in the, if you've got your CEO running things from London, if you've got, uh, you know, and it's just been treated as such a business that Old Trafford, this jewel in the crown of football stadiums in the world, isn't even being looked after, then it just does show such a... Um, such a kind of a distance from what they should be involved in and what they should be worrying about. You know, yeah. that I think it actually was a much better point than I realised it was at the time. Yeah. No, it is. Old Trafford, I've played there plenty of times. And everyone, what's it like to play Old Trafford? And it's it's an old dated stadium. The dressing rooms are nowhere near the standard of most of, you know, stadiums in the Premier League. This is a few years ago. Maybe it's just changed now. But 
you know, I used to be like, listen, it's an old stadium. It hasn't, you know, it needs a revamp. It's not, it's a fantastic stadium. It's a big stadium and maybe the experience for fans is different. But as a player, you know, it's miles behind um, the Emirates. It's miles behind any of the modern stadiums. The dressing rooms are no great shakes. It's like, you're sort of, you're a bit disappointed. I was a main night fan and playing at Old Trafford. I was a bit disappointed by the whole thing. And, you know, that goes with Gary Neville's point about them not painting it. We give out, I give out about League of Ireland teams you know, not painting their stadium, making a better impression, little things, even a lick of paint. And there's Old Trafford, you know, there's the biggest, one of the biggest clubs in the world. And, and you know, one of their, I suppose, greats, Gary Neville, in fairness, uh, is, you know, won everything there and was there for a long time. Um, you know, criticizing the, that they, they're not painting the outside of the stadium and it's fallen into a bit of disrepair. Um, you know, everything should be just top notch at Manchester United. And that's, you know, you know, that is Ed Woodward's issue that's his problem it's not down in london in your lovely office in mayfair or whatever it is and meeting all the clients and selling the dream of sponsorship it's been up been around the staff and the workers at old trafford any club i was at the ceo works in the stadium from an office or works at the training room from an office and he's there among the people among the staff among the players among the fans getting it hearing what's going on you're on the ground you see exactly what's happening and that's every business i, I just couldn't understand when i read that that he he said i think it's maybe six months ago i read this that he was it was more important to him to be closer to their whole business case and um, you know everyone to be meeting would be in london and it was just better for him to be based there and i just you know that that is the, that is a big problem to me that's an issue it's it's like jose Mourinho living in a hotel at, at man united when he's there for two or three years he's living in a hotel he's not committing you're not really there you know you just want to be somewhere else you know you're not full wholehearted you have to be wholehearted you have to be you know there every day living it hearing it feeling it um and that's but that's, you know, I don't know if that's other clubs, but sort of Man United and their thing, isn't it? It's, it's, yeah. And it's every club. I know I'm, I'm just a Man United fan. I'm a bit more in touch with it, maybe, but it's, it's just disheartening, you know, that. Um, yeah, I've just seen other clubs disheartening that CEO feels he doesn't have to be up around and in and around mm-hmm. the nitty gritty and getting your hands dirty. You know, I can be nice and comfortable down in London and I'm not, I'm not in touch when things go wrong. There's no one criticizing me. I'm all the way down here. No, I think it's a fair point, and I think it's like you, you like not to bring everything back to it when Alex Ferguson was in charge. But like Alex Ferguson would have, you know, obviously he was the boss and ran the club, and you know that was the way it was supposed to be back then, and that's not going to be the same now. But it was also never a kind of a short termism. It was always kind of like it was a, a feeling of Manchester United and what they are building for the future and forever, really. You know, whereas now it seems like it's like get, let's get from one month to the next or one year to the next. Yeah, long-term planning. You know, I've heard nothing about. There was always talk about them developing the stadium and maybe adding to the other side and putting another. That's all gone quiet. There's nothing about that. There's not. There's been no infrastructure side of it. You see other clubs doing so much. Old Trafford is old, and um, listen, we're concentrating a bit on Man United here, but it, it seems to me as long as they get a ten-year sponsorship deal from someone or the next shirt dealer, the next fella on the sleeve, or the next thing around the, the stadium, they milk as much money out of it as possible, and we'll sign some players to cover cracks, but. You know, long term, um, we're not investing in in stuff that costs a lot of money, and we won't see an instant return. Um, yeah. You know, it shows a sign that we're they're not going to be there. If they're, they will be offloading, I suppose, and it's going to take the next country or wealth fund or whatever it might be to come in and do all that work. Um, and just get someone to live there and be the CEO. An office and an apartment. Mind a little bit too much. 
No, I think it's a good one. I think it's a good one. Look, we, we have focused on United. I think it's because they're a good example. Them, along with Liverpool, being the teams that were pushing this um, from an English side anyway. Uh, and Liverpool, look, we don't need to go into it. But I think for, for uh, FSG to come in and do what they've done at Liverpool, uh, re- bring them up from where they were, hire the most popular manager they've probably had since uh, Kenny Dog Leash, yeah. uh, win a Champions League, win a league after 30 years, and still to come out of it in this. Oh. <laughs> they'll never be forgiven. It like, shows how, you how we, much they've messed uh, up. What could we do to F this up? Like, come on, come on, plan. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a good one. We'll do that one, yeah. We, you know, uh, it's amazing how you could just make a, make a complete mess. Your whole legacy is gone, and in five days... Yeah, absolutely gone completely. Um, there is football, and we'll get to it. Um, uh, there's obviously Premier League on this week, and we, it was weird last night. I think with Chelsea, I feel like this was just hanging over, not just the game, but like the entire um, performance, even by the players. It was like it was uh, us watching it had something else in our mind, and I think them playing it seemed to as well. Uh, you know, obviously it was the same with Liverpool and Leeds on Monday, and we've got all the other teams are playing this week as well. City are playing tonight. Um, but at the weekend, then the Carabao Cup final is on. It's part of one, two, three, um, which you'll get your selections for now on Labrooks one, two, three. But City and Spurs, Spurs, we haven't even mentioned, don't have a manager because yeah. Jose Mourinho was sacked borderline in the, you know, almost in the middle of the night, given everything that was happening. Um, you know, and it's barely even a story, which just goes to show. But I wanted to talk a bit about Levy because they've sacked their manager. He always gets this. I think he always gets so much credit as this, like the only smart uh, owner and the guy who, like, you know, he's so savvy and he's so this and that. Well, they've built this stadium and nearly three years on, they still don't have a naming rights partner for it because they priced themselves out of the market for it. So they're in a lot of financial trouble in that way. Uh, maybe in time, obviously, they didn't know the pandemic was coming around, so on and so forth. But they, um, they you know, built themselves up as this Champions League team and they're going to not be in it now for the third year in a row. Uh and now they've gone through, they've sacked probably one of the best managers they ever had, who's probably going to win the Champions League with PSG, and, or has a chance of it anyway. And, you know, now they've sacked his replacement. It's a mess at Spurs. Yeah, it is. Not to mention the Super League, sorry. <laughs> yeah, it was a great timing for him. If he's going to sack him, you know what? Like, as we were saying off air, Mourinho will be devastated. All the tension has taken off him. Uh, um yeah, it's amazing again how much of a mess they could have from being in the Champions League final a couple of years ago and to get rid of Pochettino um, and, and place him with Mourinho like so different as well. Um, like even Mourinho gets sacked. I don't know if you see the interview of one of the Sky Sports reporters asking him a question or something and, and Mourinho pulls out his phone and starts video and says, now you're on my one point something million Instagram followers. Like that just sums up where Mourinho's gone in the last few years. Like yeah. Instagram is what he's thinking about and how many people he's got following him. Um, not never mind of getting sacked by Spurs, getting sacked by Man United. Um, you know, like he's such a class act. He was the, the special one for a reason. He was the the you know the top dog, and now he's like he's just lost it completely. Um, you know, and you see it in every interview, and and it just from someone who's so inspiring, and you believe every word he said, and you'd love to play for him. To be this type of fellow who just comes out and anything to lose, it's not his fault, it's their fault. And it's like, you know, it's just embarrassing nearly. And you could see that before. We talked about this Spurs hiring and we said it was going, and everyone knew it was going to end in tears. And, you know, it got it got to about as far as I thought it would. You know, it was about a year maybe. Is it a year and a half? I don't know. Um, 
Yeah, just about like it was. It's it, in terms of actual season length. If you take away the the big gap last year, yeah. it's it's not that long. It was you know in the first uh, maybe ten games into last season, wasn't it? So just yeah. over a season and a half, maybe. And like you just knew it wasn't going to work, and and I don't know. Um, like Spurs are just just where they are. They're Spurs, aren't they? It's back to where they are. Getting to the Champions League was a blip, and they happened to have a good manager in Pochettino and. They do have really good players, um, but like it's hard to tell whether you know Deli Ali is going through bad form because he's had so much so quick and he's just not as good as he was, or is it because Mourinho was the manager and and just totally shunned him? It felt like um, you know Harry Kane still performing in fairness to him and didn't seem to affect him too much. But um, like, who did a hire now? And does Daniel Levy survive? I'd say he does. He seems to just be the complete boss there and the owner is that he wants and but again it's just just it just stinks there um and, and like hire Mourinho why did you do it you, we knew it was going to end like that and now he gets a big payoff again I think he's earned 90 something million from payoffs from his club now you don't know that that's what paper talk I suppose you don't know what exactly is in his contracts and what his clothes are from being sacked and everything but you know to get sacked again and his career I can't see him ever coming back who's going to hire him now um yeah, just mistakes, mistakes. All the clubs are making them. It just seems to be, you know, just big clubs making stupid decisions. For yeah. Like, anyway, yeah. What more can you say? <laughs> <laughs> and City's uh, quadruple is gone uh, since we yeah. last spoke as well. So it's all it's, it's a terrible week for the big yeah. six. Yeah. What what do you reckon about this Carabao Cup final? It feels like it takes on a little bit less significance now because I think yeah. that there would have been one. All of this crap has happened. Two, uh, City don't have that quadruple to play yeah. for anymore. And then Spurs, they will still want a trophy. They haven't won one since Robbie was there. But, like, they, um, you know, I think Mourinho getting the trophy would have been even a bigger issue for him personally yeah. anyway, you know. So it's it's hard to know what to expect from it. What would you go for now for when we're playing oh, one Yeah, three? I don't know. Um, Pep Guardiola was very good with his interview yesterday. Right, yeah. We were talking about the, the thing, so um, talking about the Super League, he was so like I'd imagine the city won't be too affected by the players, wise they sort of you know were very strong. The manager anyway, and not want to be part of it. Spurs might. I just feel they might get a sense of freedom from you know from Mourinho. You get that bounce when you're under a manager who's so his style of play is so constrained, uh, and then that initial bounce you get from him leaving. Just might see the best of Spurs for a few weeks um, from that. Um, Man City losing the other day, I didn't see that happening. Um, so I'm going to go with, ooh, I'm going to go with a Spurs win because I think the players will want to sicken Mourinho a little bit, to be honest with you, and show them what they can do and maybe, you know, get a win without him, they win the trophy without him, although he'd be claiming it, it's his. <laughs> yeah, might see the performance from Spurs and a few players let off the leash. Um, and see, you know, maybe I don't know. Is Garrett Bale injured or not injured, or was he just not been playing? Um, yeah, I think he's off the bench at the moment. I don't know yeah. about Harry Kane either. Who went off, um, went off during the week, but he hopes to be fit. And um, Deli Ali, I don't know what the story is with him. Is he fit? Is he not? Is he? You know, do we see him on Saturday? You might see some players who haven't been, you know, just flavoured a month under Mourinho for whatever reason come in now and really have a point to prove. So um, see the other things to think about. Carabao Cup, you know, it's not going to. It's not going to get too many of those players out of bed, to be honest with you. <laughs> it's terrible to say, I know. Um, but for Man City, listen, it's Champions League, Premier, Champions League first, Premier League second. This yeah. was fourth. Uh, you know, I think up third and this is fourth. So, um, yeah, no, I go with Spurs. 
Okay, what score? Um, two one Spurs. Two one to Spurs and their trophy, and then Ryan Mason gets the force to get to make a twenty nine year old or full time manager. Yeah, <laughs> the job. There'll be people ringing. Give Ryan the job. They were fantastic. Yeah. After they beat the city. Yeah. Okay. Well. Um, good stuff. There's a two other games then in the Premier League. Um, Sheffield United uh, already relegated are playing Brighton. Um, Brighton, I don't know. I, I think they're safe. I think the yeah. bottom three have gone down, but obviously they'll need a couple more points. But it's a, it's a, it's not the most interesting game that we've ever come across. No, no, it's one for the purists. This, um, we should this, have a super league so that these teams aren't in it, Kevin. <laughs> this is a oh, sorry, I'm, I'm insulting Sheffield United and Brighton here, but um. Yeah, no, this is a tough. I'd imagine Sheffield United players just want to be out of there when the season over, ready to go again. Um, I was in the position there and now relegated a few weeks before the end of the season. It's not nice, and you're just desperate for it all to end and move on. And um, yeah, Brighton actually need a few. I know they don't probably need them, but they're more stake for them. It's hard to not pick, pick Brighton to win this one. I go a, a one nil away win. One nil. Okay, good so and then the other game uh, is a lot more interesting. Leeds and United, a classic fixture, I would say, of the Thanks. old. I always think of uh, the David Beckham and the boot to the face, uh, Jermaine Beckford's goal in the FA Cup. I don't know. You probably have more uh, positive United memories, I suppose, from from these games. But I'm, uh, well, yeah, I'm thinking back a bit further. I think um, the games when like Harry Kewl was playing, Ian Hart was playing, yeah. Robbie Keane was playing, Rio Ferdinand was playing for Leeds. Back when Leeds were Champions League, sort of, and then even before that, when there were you know Man United and Cantona and and Leeds were mm. League One, League or the last League winners, I think they were, were they? Or were they? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, before the Premier League. Yeah, that was sort of my favorite time as football that year and on for the next years. So that favorite time as a fan of football. It's my memories. Um, yeah, so big game historically. Great rivalry between two sets of fans, and Leeds will be Leeds will have that moral high ground. And you know what? I'm going to go with Leeds win for that. You know, I just think all those teams will struggle this week. Um, yeah. Go with Leeds win, and I think I I actually hope Leeds win. As terrible as a Man United fan, just just to drive the nail in a bit more into Man United's owner's skew. Leeds are proper football club. In fairness to them. Um, a really well supported club, true, good and bad. Uh, I go a Leeds home win, two uh, one, two one to Leeds. Okay, there you go. Well, um, if you get all those scores right, Kevin, you'll be winning hundred euro cash on Labbrooks.com. You can play yourself for free um, right now. Just get onto Labbrooks.com, play one two three, uh, pick your scores in Sheffield United, Brighton, Leeds, Man United, and Man City, Tottenham. If you get one score correct, you win a euro free bet. If you get two correct, you win a five euro free bet. If you get all three, you win a hundred cash, hundred euro cash. Kevin, um, look, I'm sure there's going to be more Super League talk over the next few weeks, and more and more will come out of it. But it's been a hectic few days, and thanks for <laughs> thanks for giving us the ability extra time today so we could talk through it no worries cheers mate enjoy it um, thanks again to Kevin and thanks to you for watching we'll be back with you with more build up uh, very soon have a good week